politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. The tragedy of the treadmill that's delayed. Literally, that's what Jen Snarky said today. The tragedy of the treadmill that's delayed. That's actually views all the supply chain issues. I Really? That's what this is about? Can these people be any more out of touch at the White House? Good afternoon. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Having a good day? Uh, this is bigger than a treadmill that's being delayed, but uh, if you don't believe me, this is what Snark said today at the White House just a few moments ago. Uh, as we And right now, what our focus is on is on the vote tomorrow. Republicans still have an opportunity to do the right thing to protect people's fundamental right to vote. But- uh, so just a question on the timing uh, on the supply chain issue yeah. um, actions that the president has taken. It, it was clear in March of 2020 when COVID hit that, that the supply chains across the world have been disrupted, even as as the sort of work to fight back against COVID proceeded. People, it was, it was crystal clear that things were not improving on supply chain. People couldn't get dishwashers and and furniture and treadmills delivered on time, not to mention all sorts of other things. So why the is The tragedy it- of the short, the treadmill that's delayed. Right, the treadmill, the problem. Mm, yeah, that's it. The tragedy of the treadmill that's delayed. Now, I mean, maybe it's, it's, it's a little bit more than just that, possibly, right? Maybe it's a little bit more than just the tragedy of the treadmill that's delayed, possibly. It's tough for Americans right now. As Biden's own Commerce Secretary, Gino Raimondo, said. This doesn't bode well for consumers. Can we assume more price hikes? Uh, I don't think you can necessarily assume more price hikes. I think, you you know, there are pockets of improvement already. Um, now, again, I'm not minimizing this. It's, 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 hot. it's tough for Americans right now to see prices going higher. Yeah, it's tough. It certainly is. And the CEO of Heinz, Kraft Heinz, Miguel Patricio, said consumers need to prepare for a permanent increase in food prices. Inflation is across the board, not just the tragedy of the treadmill, leading to a price increase in several countries. The Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations marked an increase in the food price index in September up 1.2% compared to the same month last year. We are raising prices where necessary around the world, he said in an interview with BBC. He noted a number of factors in various countries have driven the necessary increase, specifically in the UK with the lack of truck drivers. In the US, logistic costs also increase substantially, and there's a shortage of labor in certain areas of the economy. In reference to U.S. logistic costs, referring to the record backlog of container ships waiting to enter the port of Los Angeles, Port's Executive Director Gene Soroka claimed that around 250,000 containers require moving through the port as of October 6th. Rental cars up 43% over last September. Gas, 42%. Bacon, 19%. Beef, 18%. Pork, 13. Eggs, 13. TVs, 13%. Kids' shoes, 12%. I know the tragedy of your kids' shoes. How about you? My kids, it feels like I'm constantly having to buy them new shoes. My son in particular. First of all, he's very rough on them, as most seven-year-old boys are. But he just destroys them, and then he keeps growing. What's with these kids? Keep growing, and they have to keep you know, breaking their, their clothes. They're getting new clothes all the time. Busting out of their shoes, the Incredible Hulk. Uh, new cars, 9%. Chicken, 8%. Restaurant prices, 5%. Now, obviously, all this has a lot... Furniture, 11%. All this has a couple of different 
other factors involved too. As restaurant prices go up, people stop going out to dinner as much, which then just compounds everything because now they have to raise prices even more, which leads more people to not go out to dinner as much, and on and on it goes. Now, uh, people are furious about this. They really are. They're very upset by all this, and they want something to be done about it. What's going to be done? I don't know. Nothing. Probably nothing. I mean, maybe Bernie Sanders and Joe Manchin will work it all out. It's a new buddy movie. Grumpy old man. We needed a sequel to this, and now we finally have it. Just two two buds walking out of the Capitol together. Here, get a picture. You want to get a picture of us? Get a picture of us, huh? We're talking. All right, we're talking. You're going to have a resolution by the end of the week? We're talking. We're talking. We're going to make some progress. We're talking. Uh, uh, we hate each other's guts. Uh, but we're talking. We're talking. Let me get in my Prius. No, literally, Bernie's getting in a Prius and Manchin's getting in a pickup truck. No, I'm not even joking. It's so true. Bernie's getting in a little Prius and Manchin's getting in a pickup truck. We're talking. I hate this guy's guts, but uh, we're talking. We're talking. That's all we do. We're talking. Talking, talking, talking. And then Manchin in his big gas-guzzling pickup truck. That's right. Uh, two buds. Two best buddies. Bernie and Joe Manchin. Now... Let's turn our attention to the governor's race for a second in Virginia. Fox News this morning, Fox uh, Fox and Friends First, had this really cool interview with a bunch of various different suburban parents in Virginia. Now, last night I was with Jack Cittarelli. He's running for governor of New Jersey. And I was saying last night as I was introducing him on the stage, very honored to do so, that I think that education is still the most important issue in this race in New Jersey too. And what I said was, when I go to do pickup for the kids which is not today because I'm doing the podcast right now, but I hear the parents and they talk about this stuff and they're worried about schools shutting down again. It is their number one concern. I was at a party over the weekend, a birthday party for one of my one of Patrick's friends and a great party, although, although these people keep up in the game with the parties. And you know, my friends, God love them, they have this big truck with all these video games inside that you can play. So all the kids go in this truck and play video games. Now it's great for the parents because then we could all hang out together, but... The problem is, minute that the party ended, Patrick goes, Dad, I want that for my birthday, which is November 11th. To which I replied, well, you're not getting it. So we'll, we'll do the classic bounce castle in the backyard, pinata. Can you say pinata? I mean, is that, I, might, I may not be allowed to do that legally. That may be some sort of cultural appropriation. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, we'll, we'll do that anyway. And so, you know, these, they keep up in the bar at these things. It's amazing. They had Happy Meals for every kid. And then some. Happy Meals. Come on. What do you do with that? What do you do? Throw some burgers on the grill. What's wrong with you people? But anyway, so I'm talking to all these parents and uh, same universal themes coming up throughout the, throughout the whole day today. Governor Murphy, if he gets reelected, is going to shut down the schools, period. He's going to shut down the schools. It's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. And it doesn't matter what he says. We just don't believe him. And these are not conservative moms and dads. The, the moms I talk to are in no way, shape, or form Republican voters. But they're very engaged in their school board races right now, and they're very engaged in education. And it goes even beyond just schools being open or closed. It has to do with masks. It has to do with curriculum. It has to do with all of this. And parents are very concerned, even in Virginia. So Todd Pyro from Fox News sat with these moms today and dads, I think dads too, talking about these issues in uh, the state of Virginia, lifelong Democrats. Take a listen to this question to all of you. Bethany, I'll begin with you. Has the Democratic Party left you? 
Yes, it has. I, I've always thought myself a Democrat, not a moderate Democrat, not a far left, but just a Democrat. And then slowly I, I thought of myself or I saw myself as, well, I guess maybe I'm a moderate Democrat. And now I just don't identify with the Democrat Party at all. And I consider myself an independent. Gabby, same question to you. Is the Democratic Party leaving you? Honestly, a uh, long time ago, I did not fell in love with the Democratic Party because I think that on the education level, our state of Virginia has been going to sleep. What we need is a wake up for education. <clears throat> Teachers have priority to our kids, no parents. They, that's why they went to college and they have a certification as a teacher. Brianna, has the Democratic Party left you? Yes, I voted for Biden in 2020, but I can't um, imagine voting for a Democrat in the future, mainly because of education. I think that kids are our future and the Democrats are not prioritizing the needs of our children. Again, trying to, not trying to get away from this race, but would you vote for Biden again if the election were held this November? I don't think so, okay. to be honest. All right. um, so I'm not going to ask you who you would vote for, but I'll move on. Sandra, final question to you. Has the Democratic Party left you? Well, Glenn Youngkin is trying to collaborate with parents and the McAuliffe and his people are trying to criminalize us. And if you look at the ticket, it's extremely diverse. Winston Sears is a naturalized Jamaican citizen, a Marine. Miaris is a Cuban immigrant. It doesn't get any more democratic than that. Yeah, well, it's true. And I think that uh, if these moms are feeling that way, imagine how New Jersey moms are feeling. Imagine how moms are feeling all across the country. Imagine how they're feeling. So it's good news to hear this. It really is. It's not surprising, though. I'm, I'm not surprised to hear this because I think the reality of the situation is parents are very upset. And it's not because they're white nationalists. You have to understand that. It's not because they're white nationalists, even though that's what MSNBC thinks. MSNBC thinks it's all because people are white nationalists. And I played you this, 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 the super cut, which I played last week, of all these parents saying, hand over, hand over the parents, you're a bunch of domestic terrorists. Well, MSNBC's, uh, what's, what's this guy's name? E.S. Gloud. What is this guy? Oh, Eddie Gloud Jr. I'm sorry, I don't watch MSNBC that much, but he's ever. But he's on with uh, Willie Geist. He's on with Willie Geist, and here we go, more of the white supremacist nonsense. Take a listen here. These are the parents protesting. And you know, Willie, we often try to to say that these are fringe elements. And in some ways they are, but they've been mainstreamed. And, you know, in, in many ways, we're in a cold civil war. And every now and then it turns hot. It turned hot on January 6th. It's turning hot in these local spaces. I mean, think about it. They, they reported her to the DCF, said that her child had burn marks, right? They're threatening, brandishing guns. And oftentimes we think of these folks as just simply crazy outliers. But this is actually happening in people's everyday lives. And so we have to understand the stakes. We have to understand the, the, the intensity and scale of the crisis we face. There are Americans who are willing to threaten folks who are risking their lives every day to keep our children safe, who are risking their lives every day to make sure that this republic uh, remains a republic. And we have to respond to this crisis in kind. We have to respond to these folks, not by saying that they're just simply marginal voices, but to respond to them as the threats that they represent to our democracy, it seems to me. Coming up, back the threat in to our democracy, as it seems to me, the threat to our democracy. Now, uh, do you remember, I don't know if you remember this, too, when Rush Limbaugh said, 
that we were in a cold civil war. Do you remember how angry people on the left got when Rush made that comment that we're in a cold civil war? Uh, these Democrats, these, these these liberals on TV say, uh, activists, and people will nod their heads and go, uh-huh, oh, that's very, very profound, very profound. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Just nod their heads, nod their heads. But hey, listen, if you're innocent, you have nothing to fear. Innocent people have nothing to hide. You've, you've heard that, right? This is what uh, the actress Rosanna Arquette tweeted out. Innocent people have nothing to hide. So good news. If you're innocent, you have no fear. So why not just allow the government into your lives in every aspect and have them look around? And if you're not a domestic terrorist, uh, you got nothing to worry about, right? Sure, I mean, absolutely, because you don't know exactly what their definitions are, and they always change, and there's a reason why you have these protections in the Bill of Rights, but at some point, the Bill of Rights is going to go away because it was written by white supremacists. I mean, they just took down the Thomas Jefferson statue, so it's only a matter of time until that happens, of course, but in the meantime, if you've done nothing wrong, you have nothing to fear, so what are you worried about? Now, to that note, the IRS now, the, the Congress has decided... Instead of allowing the IRS to peek into your accounts at $600, they're going to do you a big favor and raise the limit to $10,000. Now, their BS has not changed, right? The BS is still the same, which is this. We have to try to get billionaires and tax cheats, billionaires who are tax cheats and the big banks who are covering for them. So we need to be able to look in your bank accounts. What we're going to do, though, is we're now going to look only if there's $10,000 in there. But remember something, it, it's now about $20,000. So they're actually, even though they went from 600 back to 10, they actually went from 20 down to 10, if you really look at it. So they're still giving themselves a major ability to look into your bank accounts, a major ability to do that. And they're not pretending. They're, they're, not, they're not pretending that, that this is anything other than having more power over you. Democrats are, are still pretending like this is going to look at just billionaires and trillionaires. And they're doing it again. Combined annual transactions from $600 to $10,000. Now, who really doesn't have $10,000? Again, this is the same frustration I had when it was $600. Who really doesn't have $10,000 in transactions in their bank account? Almost everybody. And you don't have to be a billionaire to have $10,000. You know how I know this? Because $10,000 is nowhere near a billion dollars. I'm not a math guy. Don't ask me how far off it is. It's a lot. Like to go from 10,000 to a billion is like 990 million. Nope. Is it? I think so. I think I nailed that. Hang on. Let me ask, I'll ask Alexa. No, no, much. Okay. So negotiators on this uh, proposal, this multi-trillion dollar social spending bill, the Democrats will attempt to push through with a party line majority, say that the wage income will be exempted. Well, how financial institutions will make that determination is unclear wage income that would be you know what your salary is and that sort of thing would be wage income so this is other money extra money now the american families plan tax compliance agenda is the name of this the afptcafu american families plan tax compliance agenda you will comply or you will die. Federal benefits such as Social Security checks will also reportedly be exempted. So what are we looking at now? We're looking at 10000 extra dollars to go after wealthy tax cheats. Okay. Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon 
said today that for the threshold change, he asserted that the main reason Republicans have latched onto this issue as the one to lie about every day is because they know their tax agenda is a political loser. The American people overwhelmingly want to ensure mega corporations and billionaires pay their fair share. So Republicans have largely given up on their tired trickle-down arguments. Okay, so let me understand this now. The IRS, $10,000, how many people that you know that are that are not millionaires are going to scatter their holdings across all these different accounts to 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 be under that ten thousand dollar interest? How, how many people you think? A lot of people. No. How about freelancers, small business owners, anyone who who winds up making money online or those sort of things? Now they require to pay taxes on this, babysitters and that sort of thing. But this is about the government being able to look into your bank accounts. And that's what we're talking about here. We're not saying because people have to pay taxes on it. I'm not disputing that fact. Whatever those reporting requirements are, totally separate issue. This is about giving the government the ability to, without a warrant, peek into your bank account. And they keep saying the same lie. This is about making sure the top 1% can't evade $160 billion a year in taxes. Oh, give me a freaking break. This is such BS. Requiring comprehensive information reporting on the inflows and outflows of financial accounts will increase the visibility of gross receipts and deductible expenses to the IRS. Increased visibility of business income will enhance the effectiveness of IRS enforcement measures and encourage voluntary compliance. (gasps) The proposal will create a comprehensive financial account information reporting regime. Financial institutions would report data on financial accounts in an information return. The annual return will report gross inflows and outflows with a breakdown for physical cash, transactions with a foreign foreign account, and transfers to and from another account with the same owner. (laughs) This requirement would apply to all business and personal accounts from financial institutions, including bank, loan, and investment accounts, with the exception of accounts below the gross minimum threshold of (laughs) $600. Although now I guess it'll be $10,000. Now, I, I, I don't know if anybody thinks that this would also have to do with possibly now maybe just giving them the ability to just have be able to look at us and track us even more. What do you think? What do you think so? You think so? I think so. Similar reporting requirements would apply to crypto asset exchanges and custodians. Separately, reporting requirements would apply in cases in which taxpayers buy crypto assets from one broker and then transfer the crypto assets to another broker. And businesses then receive the crypto assets in transactions with, this is not easy to say fast, with a fair market value of more than $10,000 would have to report such transactions. <laughs> Okay. The IRS itself acknowledges that the United States enjoys a relatively high and stable voluntary tax compliance rate. But in order to maintain the laughable fiction that the cost of the Build Back Better agenda is zero, this government, which doesn't give a damn about the Fourth Amendment or spying on you or invading your privacy and is now preparing our children for a lifetime of being spied on with no Fourth Amendment protections... You know, the college students who will now have trackers on to make sure that they're good little COVID boys and girls. Or my two-year-old kids wearing masks, not mine, but other people's. Because I won't let Reagan be anywhere near that nonsense. And then, of course, the other question, too, is as we give the government all this power under the guise of getting the bad guys... And I guess you've got nothing to worry about if you're not a bad guy. What about um, sex workers? That's the latest cause, the celeb of the left right now, sex workers. And look, I, I, I'm, I'm not. You're not going to get an objection from me about legalizing those services. It's, it's, um, you know, this is the libertarian to me. You live your life, man. I, I, 
people exchange other things for goods and services. It's not not my thing to say. But the the left is all in now on trying to legalize the oldest profession in places around the world. Well, a lot of these women, and I assume some men, make money in the form of cash money doing this kind of thing. And so all that money goes into the bank accounts too. And I guess now they'll have the eye of the IRS on them. But then does the IRS then also report that to the police, to the federales? I don't know. What about immigrants? The other, other cause celeb of the left. The other, other white meat. Immigrants. <laughs> that came out wrong. Uh, really, because, I mean, a lot of immigrants will make money under the table. You know, they'll do landscaping and stuff like that. Wait tables. I'm sure I've gotten in trouble. I'm sure that just got me in trouble. I don't know why, but I'm sure it just did. There are Americans who do those jobs too, uh, clearly, uh, right? I mean, we can all agree on that. Uh, So, and they put the money in bank accounts. And now I guess when it's 10 grand or $10,001 and the IRS gets to snoop in and peek in, do they alert immigration? Do they alert border? Like, how does that work exactly? Nobody knows. Who knows? Who cares? Really, who cares? This is about getting billionaires, Not working girls or working men or working whatevers you identify as. Even if you're not working, you just identify as a working person. Boy, that would be nice. Actually, under the Democrats' bill, you'll be able to do that too. You just identify somebody working and money will just show up in your bank account. You think I'm kidding? No, really, that's what's going to happen. Money is just going to magically show up in your banking account. And you're good. And you don't even have to actually say that you identify as a working person, but you can just tell people that if you want. You can if you want to. Just say it. Just go with it. Hey, look, Jen Psaki's going with the lie that this this whole Build Back Better thing is going to cost zero dollars. She doubled down on it today. The president still believes that Build Back Better will not add a dime to the national debt. Correct, it won't. Why would he? Why, why should Americans believe that? Because it won't. Go ahead. What if taxes that he says he wants to you know, get more taxes in? What if it doesn't happen? What if the economy goes sour? Lots of things can happen. What are you you're going to tell from up there future generations? Not even born yet that they're not on the hook for this. Is that right? That's right, and hopefully you'll report accurate information yourself. Oh snap! Ooh, slow burn sake. Slow burn sake with the snarks. Now, she's not the only one doubling down on this, by the way. She's also doubled down on this many other days, as is the president, as on other people, too. It's going to cost zero dollars. Nothing. The whole thing will cost nada. Not a single cent. I really don't know how we can say that, but we'll say it again. Why not? I mean, we'll just keep saying these things. And um, even MSNBC Stephanie Rule refuting that. Even she knows that there's a big place to go between zero and three and a half trillion dollars we do not know what's in it there's so much in there and you don't know what's going to end up being the priorities left which is why it's very confusing she did say she's can she does believe this thing is fully paid for right she's not supposed to sell policy she's the one who knows the math and yeah. she argues yes it's raising taxes but that tax gap Right. They want to fund the IRS. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to change any of the tax laws. You just have to enforce them. She argues that over the next 10 years, there's 10 trillion dollars that could be collected. And and that's why the White House says this infrastructure bill, some total of it is zero because they say they argue it's all paid for. (laughs) I see you shaking your head. That's a that's a that's a mathematics that I am not yet familiar with. But um, we'll see. Well, well, you know what? I got to be honest, Stephanie Rule. I'm not familiar with it either. 
But I guess if a bill identifies as costing zero, then it costs zero. I, I guess. Now, the other day, the Wall Street Journal did an analysis. And what they found is actually the Build Back Better agenda or Build Back Broke or whatever you want to call it will actually cost $5.5 trillion, which is $2 trillion more than what President Biden and Snarks is claiming. That's a lot more money, obviously. You know that. And we don't know what else is going to be in there. Ever since the unbiased journalist George Stephanopoulos suggested maybe a carbon tax to pay for a lot of this, maybe that's in there too. Somehow that's also going to cost zero. You said yesterday that um, beyond the clean energy performance plan, there's more on the table as far as what you could do legislatively on climate. Um, uh, Senator Manchin today said that carbon tax is not one of the things that's come up in discussions that the White House has had with him. Is that something that the White House has taken off the table? And if so, why? I'm not taking any options on or off the table. This is an ongoing negotiation, and obviously each of the senators or members who are part of the negotiations can speak for themselves. Now, actually, you could take it off the table if you wanted to. You could say the White House will just not sign on to anything that has a carbon tax in it. I mean, you could do that if you wanted to. But hey, why make things easier for the American people right now? Why would we do that? Why? I mean, we could just make things more difficult for them, and we are, by the way. We are. Now, I know what you're thinking to yourself. You're thinking, where's Kamala Harris in all this anyway? Where is Kamala Harris? Is she dealing with the border crisis as they're flying people up here from the border? Is she dealing with uh, the supply chain crisis? I think she's in charge of that too. Nope. She's dealing with, you bet it, you got it, you know it, because climate change. This is her walking up the steps of Air Force Two. <laughs> oh man she hates this president so much that they got to tweet this stuff out listen this is great listen yep saluting wearing her mask walking up air force two the little steps the little steps of air force two she tweets today i'm heading to lake mead in nevada to discuss the climate crisis and why we must make historic investments to not only create jobs but preserve our planet for generations to come <laughs> lake mead nevada you know, this is the whole idea that they're setting her up to fail. And you know, they absolutely are setting her so up, up to fail. It all goes back to that debate when she maligned Joe Biden as being a racist. Remember, I was that little girl, Joe. Oh, their revenge, boy. It's a dish best served cold. They really, really do like it, don't they? They like it a lot. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. You ever hear that creepy thing Biden does when he does that whisper thing? I got them $1.9 trillion relief so far. Everybody benefits. It's creepy, right, when he does that? You know what? It's even creepier when you put the Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween theme in the background of it. I was just doing this before because I was bored. And this is really creepy. Let's take a listen to this. Let's see what I mean. Let them now. 
right? It's creepy when you add that Halloween music to it. I mean, not bad. Eh? Not bad for a guy who's not a producer, right? Uh, anyway, so I was just thinking about that because the president speaks less and less in public nowadays. Have you noticed that? Less and less in public than he ever before. And, and when he comes out and reads something, he turns around and walks away, and we have to listen to snarks go out there and basically now... Uh, has to go out there and, and, and try to make sense of it, I guess, in some way, shape, or form. But did you hear John Kerry? Uh, auto jobs in Mexico was of uh, John Kerry. It was a green jobs in Mexico. It was a positive effect of Biden's green energy policies. Good-paying jobs in Mexico. Good-paying jobs in Mexico, is what, they're all trying to come to the United States, though, right? They're all coming to the United States illegally right now, but it's good-paying jobs in Mexico. How about good-paying jobs in America? How about, remember that? That whole thing? But Mexico's industrial base, already deeply integrated with the rest of North America, absolutely stands to benefit from the energy transition. For example, when we switch from gasoline to electrify vehicles, there are going to be a lot of good-paying jobs here in Mexico because of the connection already of the automobile industry and our two countries. Do you, is your jet going to be electric? I'm curious about that. I was wondering about that, trying to figure that out, you know, for a friend who was curious about that, if your jet was going to be electric. When you fly into Martha's Vineyard and you park next to, I guess, the other planes that are coming in this time, carrying people from Mexico, for example, will that be, be electric too or, or no not not so much not not as much now <clears throat> uh, the other thing too i was thinking about this is the, the whole idea of vaccine mandates are so infuriating to me on so many different levels because it seems to me like vaccinated people are supposed to be protected from unvaccinated people and yet Unvaccinated people killed Colin Powell. Did you know that? I, I don't know if you knew that or not. They Bring killed former Colin US Powell. Surgeon General Dr. Jerome Adams. He was on uh, welcome back the Lesser to Cuomo and, last night. You know, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for the loss of your mentor. Oh, you're so phony. And Lesser. I'm sure as well as you knew him, you could imagine his reaction to people trying to spin uh, the conditions of his demise as some kind of proof about vaccines, one, you know, <laughs> being something that should be, uh, you know, skeptical about. Um, but we'll get to that. Oh, you lost a mentor. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. And then he proceeds to say to the former Surgeon General, uh, you know, what's the deal with that? And then the former Surgeon General says, Colin Powell died because unvaccinated people didn't take the proper measures to lower spread. Huh? I, I'm trying to understand that because, again, he was vaccinated. So if he was vaccinated, why wasn't he protected against people that were not vaccinated? Also, he was 84 years old. He had battled blood cancer and prostate cancer. And he was just 84 years old. I mean, there was a time when you were 84 years old and you passed away and people went, I lived a long life, lived a good life. You remember those days? I remember Seinfeld years ago had a great scene in it where one of their friends passed away at 91 and they went 91. Whew, Kramer goes, Whew, that'll make you think. But 84, that, that was the time. Like, I mean, my grandpa didn't make it to 84. My grandmother didn't make it to 84. People are living longer and longer now, but there was a time when 84 was celebrated as a really long and good life. And if you, you, know, if you, if you didn't die in pain or suffering, you thought, okay, it's pretty good. There were, the people used to say things like, 84, I'd trade, I'd trade that tomorrow to be guaranteed 84 years old. 
I don't know if people would still do that now because the chances of you living and enjoying a good life in your 90s is 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 better than it was a long time ago. Still not exactly. I mean, if, you, if you're 84 and you pass away, you've beaten the life expectancy average, but you're still 84. And I think every day people should take their, not a single day for granted, whether you're 44 or 84, because you just never know. I mean, there's lots of things that can kill us out there in the world. But now with COVID, it's suddenly like, oh my gosh, this this was an unforeseen tragedy of an 84-year-old man who had multiple health problems and had battled cancer dying of COVID. When maybe it's just the fact that even with the antibodies from the from the vaccine, it just wasn't enough for him to for his body to fight back. Maybe if he had gotten a booster shot, it would have made a difference. I, who knows? Maybe not. We, we won't we won't know. But but then to turn around and lecture that he died because of the unvaccinated. I mean, what the hell does that have to do with anything? What, what does that have to do with anything? But this is, this is, see, Chris Cuomo goes, I'm so sorry that people are politicizing the loss of your friend here. That's exactly what you're doing, but you're 100% doing that. 100% doing that. You're making it seem like unvaccinated people killed Colin Powell. And that is wrong. That's wrong to suggest that. And it's not only wrong to suggest that, it's it's irresponsible, it's it's unscientific, it's all of it. Southwest Airlines has backed down and dropped their plan to get rid of the unvaccinated staff by the December deadline. So that's good because it's we shouldn't be losing people like this. This is one of the reasons why I'm against vaccine mandates. Also, because if vaccines work, we don't need mandates. Really, we don't because if you're vaccinated, you're good. So you don't need to be you don't need to worry about the unvaccinated if you're good. And again, if you're 84 and you've battled cancers and you're not doing well in life, I mean, yeah, but this is not what we're talking about here. We're, we're not talking about that. And you've got a lot of people now, their police chiefs and others who are coming out and saying, I'm not going to go with the with the vaccine uh, mandate. I'm not going to do it. I, I'm not I'm not doing this right now. And I refuse to say to turn around right now and agree that I've got to do this. I'm, I'm just not going to do it. And so. What's the response from blue cities that's to turn around and go, yeah, well, then you're fired. And they're okay with this. I mean, at a time of rising crime, they're okay with this. And I told you why they're okay with this. It's because this is their way of getting to defund the police. This is their way of getting to defund the police. So if they get there that way, then that's fine. One way or another, they're going to get there. And if it means getting rid of cops, you don't want to be vaccinated. No problem. They couldn't politically sell defund the police, but they'll take those cops off the rolls and replace them with social workers. No problem there. No problem whatsoever. They're not worried about it. They're not concerned the least about it. Not in the least. Uh, They're also not concerned about this whole notion of, of flying people in on airplanes and then dropping them off in the middle of the night, which is something that should concern everybody from a law enforcement perspective. The Deuce asked the Snarks this today, a short time ago at the White House. Take a listen. Why is the administration flying thousands of migrants from the border to Florida and New York in the middle of the night? Uh, well, I'm not sure that it's in the middle of the night, but let me tell you what's happening here. Um, it is our 4:29 a.m. Well, he, very he, early in the morning. Here we are talking gone. about early flights, earlier than you might like to take a flight. Um, it is our legal responsibility to safely care for unaccompanied children, 
until they swiftly can be swiftly unified with a parent or a vetted sponsor. And that's something we take seriously. We have a moral, a right obligation to uh, com- to do that and deliver on that. As a part of the unification process, our Office of Refugee Resettlement facilitates travel for children in its custody to their families or sponsors across the com- country. So in recent weeks, uh, unaccompanied children passed through the Westchester Airport, which I think is what you're referring to, en route to their final destination to be unified with their parents or vetted sponsor. It's no surprise uh, that kids can be seen traveling through states, uh, not just New York. It's something that we're also working to unite children with their family members or vetted sponsors in other parts of the country as well. Huh? Wait, what? Uh, it just, why didn't you tell anybody about this? Why'd you have to get busted by the New York Post actually doing a story on it? See, this is why people don't believe you. This is why people don't believe you and think you're all a bunch of liars. Honestly, this is why. It's stuff like this that makes you think you're a bunch of liars. Because you had to get caught by the New York Post in order for you to come back, and you're still lying about it. You're still lying about it. And this is also why a guy like me doubts them when they say they're they're only looking for billionaire tax cheats. They're only looking for billionaire tax cheats by giving the IRS the ability to, to, to snoop on your bank accounts. Again... The deuce versus snarks. There's this new proposal by Democrats in Congress and the Treasury Secretary to start monitoring every bank account that has $10,000 of cash flow per year. So is the plan to catch billionaire tax cheats by snooping on accounts that just have $10,000 in them? Well, that's not exactly an accurate description. So let me help you with an accurate description of what is actually happening here. And there was a statement by the Secretary of Treasury on exactly this. Uh, where she said in this statement, so just to reiterate, she deeply appreciates the work of Chairman Wyden and Chairman Neal's leadership on reconciliation and in particular the need to close the tax gap. At the core of the discrepancy in the ways types of income are reported to the IRS are opaque income sources frequently which avoid frequently avoid scrutiny while wages and federal benefits are typically subject to full compliance. So people who get W-2s, whether they are teachers, firefighters, employees at Fox News, anywhere where they may be getting a double W-2, that's not what we're talking about here. They're already reporting their income. We're talking about high net worth individuals who are not paying the taxes they owe, and that's what this uh, policy would propose to address. But in the statement that you just cited, it says many top earners avoid paying billions in the taxes that they owe by exploiting the system. So what? Uh, why is it that you need to start looking at accounts that just have $10,000 in it? Maybe somebody doesn't get a W-2. That is that is not exactly what it does. The ten thousand dollars is the anything under that would not be applicable. Nor would people who receive W twos, Peter. What we're talking about here are people who are high net worth individuals who are not paying the taxes they owe. Something we think everybody believes should happen and can help pay for uh, in a range of important investments to make us more competitive. Okay, got it. So again, ten thousand dollars to go after all those billionaires hiding ten thousand dollars. Does anybody believe this nonsense? Does anybody believe this nonsense? I mean, really, truly. Does, Thank you to all. Does of Brandon partners. believe this? Oh my God! It's just such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me, as you can hear the chants from the the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. Brandon, you told me you were going to kind of hang back those first two stages and just watch just and learn. What it's did you learn that helped you there in those closing laps? Oh, my God. It was uh, learning how each line didn't uh, stay to one. And everything shifted top to bottom so much. Thank you to all of our partners. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. 
if those tax cheats, those billionaires and trillionaires hiding their $10,000 deposits in all those bank accounts. Have a great afternoon. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it.